authors get together each week and talk about first one thing and Welcome back. My name is Karen and I'm joined by my sisters, Delina and Shalon. And today we are talking about women and heart health. Over 60 million women in the United States, or approximately 44% of women, are living with some form of heart disease. Heart disease is the lead leading cause of death for women in the United States, and it didn't used to be. <laughs> and it can affect you at any age. In 2020, it was responsible for the deaths of over 300,000 women, and that comes out to be about one in every five female deaths. Only about half of women in the United States know that heart disease is the number one killer of women. And another sad thing is it's preventable. Most of it is, yeah. There are some genetic factors that relate to heart disease in anybody, men or women. Things mm -hmm. like that can happen that can lead to heart disease. Yeah. Uh, risk factors like um, uh, heart disease risk factors. We've got diabetes, emotional stress and depression, smoking, inactivity, menopause, pregnancy complications, family history, um, inflammatory diseases. There are all kinds of things that can lead to heart disease. So it's important to know what they are and to know if you have any of those risk factors. One of the things when I was doing a little bit of research on this topic that I found was that... Um, Women also face specific factors relating to reproductive health and pregnancy, meaning our ovaries, uter uterus, and estrogen. But if you have a period before the age of 11, or if you have early menopause before the age of 40, you are at higher risk for heart disease. No, oh, I didn't even know that. I was 11 when I had my first period, and I no. had symptoms of menopause starting when I was 35. Diabetes during pregnancy, check, I had that. Preterm mm -hmm. delivery, check. I had that with all three of my kids. Mm -hmm. Delivery of a low birth weight or high birth weight infant, check both of those because my first two were over nine pounds and my youngest one was low birth weight, but she was born extremely early. How, how many weeks was she born? 28. Early. Oh my gosh. I don't think I knew it was that early. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she was 28 weeks and five days. Yeah, she's actually a miracle child walking around. No wonder she's a strong fighter these days. <laughs> yeah. So is there anything about women and heart disease that scares either one of you guys? Well, I mean, I think all of us are probably most likely going to have some type of something with our hearts because first of all, it's in the family. So it's genetics. Aaron, you and I have both have diabetes type one. Yeah. That's a risk factor there. And I'm overweight. I've been overweight like my entire life. I am now. Um, and I'm inactive right now. So, I mean, and I'm limited. You know, I wonder exactly how much genetics plays a role in it because the people in our family that have had heart problems, mm -hmm. they never ate properly. They never exercised. Yeah. So, so how much of it was genetic and how much oh. of it was lifestyle because they drank yeah. and smoke? Exactly. I think that the heart disease that our family faces is because of lifestyle Granted, with the diabetes, you are at higher risk of having heart disease, but again, lifestyle. If you have diabetes and you live a good lifestyle, I think you're, you'll be better than everybody else. You've got to maintain that. This is true. Your, your lifestyle definitely is a big factor in keeping it away. So even if you do have these risk factors going on, you can help keep it away by having a healthier lifestyle. But yeah, if you have genetic factors, you still eventually may get there. I mean, our, our grandmother, she never drank. She didn't smoke. She didn't do any of that stuff. And the no. lifestyle she had was 
not an easy lifestyle. I mean, she didn't go out and exercise, but she also washed clothes by hand and used a ringer washer and did all of that stuff. And she still had heart problems. But as she got older, she wasn't moving as much and Mm -hmm. she didn't have to draw water from the well anymore. And if you're going to eat a diet that's high in quote unquote bad fat, you have to have exercise in order to burn that crap off. Yeah, you do. You know, and her heart issues, I don't think started bothering her until she did get older. Yeah, she was older. Plus two, she had like three dozen kids. That's not. She did. She had a lot of kids. That's not easy on your on a woman's body. No, it's not. Mm -mm. You know they've done they've done research and studies, and that you need to allow a minimum of two to three years between children in order for your body to get back to quote unquote normal. Your your bone density can go down. It doesn't always, but it can go down. Your iron would Mm -hmm. be deficient. Your hips are not in place (laughs) like they should be if you have a natural childbirth. I know I I knew a woman years ago who um, she had very healthy teeth, never had a cavity, never had issues with her teeth, nothing. When she got pregnant, she got a cavity. Wow. Yes. But before she was pregnant, she had never had any problems with her teeth at all. And she didn't stop taking care of her teeth when she was pregnant either. She kept doing everything exactly as she did. So that tells me that the baby was pulling from her teeth. Well, it's just all the hormonal changes too. Being pregnant changes everything about you. That is very true. Superhuman smell and (laughs) all kinds of weird things. You know, there's some facts here that I got from Cornell.org. So uh, women are more likely to die from heart disease than men. Despite outreach efforts, and I think Karen's already said this one, 45% of women still don't know that heart disease is the leading cause of death for women in the U.S. The CDC has that number at... 56 percent still that's a high percent 45 56 that's a very high percent that's way too much percent <laughs> yes absolutely uh women are less inclined to call 911 when they believe they may be experiencing a heart attack symptoms uh cardiovascular disease complicates up to four percent of pregnancies and that number has been increasing women's heart attack symptoms are different from men's 40 percent of women having heart attacks experience no chest pain They may experience shortness of breath, nausea, palpitations, jaw discomfort, or overwhelming fatigue, but no no chest pains. And sometimes um, what a woman would feel for chest would be in her upper abdomen. So she may think it's just indigestion when it's actually a heart attack. Mm -hmm. 70% of women ages 25 to 60 get an annual physical, but just 40% report having their heart health assessed during these visits. So when you go to your doctor, make it a point that anything that you can do to, to watch out for your heart health is taken into consideration when you, when you go to the doctor, because it yeah. looks like the physicians are not focusing on that. Well, that's a good point to bring up and it's whether or not their insurance where well, your insurance will cover it. Well, insurance is a big part of that. So that may be something that women need to start fighting for is getting insurance company companies to cover the same things for us. They do for men. Well, when you go to the doctor and they're going to assess your cardiovascular state they're going to listen to your heart they're going to listen to your lungs they'll run lab work what you need to have done is an ekg yes that is not a standard for a yearly physical not even for men i've had them done but only because i was going to have surgery at a hospital yeah now they'll do it before surgery but if you're going for a standard yearly physical exam an ekg is not part of it like shalon said unless you've had a previous heart Mm -hmm. thing going on Or you've currently got symptoms. 
But I think once you reach a certain age, it's just like getting a mammogram every year. Once you yes. reach a certain age, you EKG should be tacked on. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It also says here that women are less likely to be referred for cardiac rehab after a heart attack. Well, let's bring up too with uh, you, you see it more and more now about medical gaslighting. Would doctors really take a woman's complaints seriously? And yeah, that's, that's a good point to make. Because doctors do not want to take you serious when you're talking about period pain. Yeah. But if you go in and you say, you know, I've got a, my, my back is sore right between my shoulder blades. And I just, I've had heartburn for three days. I've not done anything. I haven't pulled in muscle. I've not done anything. I've not lifted anything heavy. And the reason I bring that up is because when I was still nursing, I worked on a, like a cardiac step down unit. Somebody had been in the CCU before they come home, they, they came to my floor. Well, this woman was an overflow from, from the medical floor because the medical floor was full mm-hmm. and she kept having indigestion and she had indigestion for two days. And I know this because I worked two 12 hour shifts and she was my patient and the doctor just kept, give her some Mylanta, give her some Pepto. And then she told me, she said, you know, my back is hurting. I'm hurting right next to my left shoulder blade. I ordered an EKG. This woman was having a heart attack. Uh-huh. I didn't call the doctor. I called the nursing supervisor to take this patient to the cardiac unit. I called him after I was already back there and had given report to the nurses in CCU. You know, your patient that was in 218, she's now in CCU. He yeah, because would he not, wasn't paying attention to what was really going on. He would not take her seriously. No, not even when or he do, came Do in. they even know that the symptoms are different for women than they are men? I would think. I mean, they have gone to medical school. I know, but we we know the one book we read, and not mm-hmm. to mention, we'll have blood work done. But the numbers on that blood work is it blood work numbers for men, and they're applying it to women. Because one of my little facts here says that women's heart disease is under researched. Only thirty five percent of participants in clinical trials of cardiovascular disease are women, and just thirty one percent of the studies report outcomes by by your biological sex. The standard normals for lab work mm-hmm. are all done on healthy men between the ages of 25 and 35. That's where the normals come from. Mm-hmm. See, that that needs to stop too, because I ain't a man. I mean, granted, I may not have my hormones anymore, but I'm still not a man. I mean, there does need to be some things changed. Revamped. And I believe, huh? I said revamped. Yeah, revamped. With TikTok and Instagram reels and things like that and where women are coming out and saying, listen, stop doing medical gaslighting. Take my complaints seriously. More and more women are coming out saying that. And I think the change is happening. That's that's what I'm trying to say. Yes. I think it's I, happening. Yes, I, I agree with you. I do. I, th- I think it is too. And I think that might partly be because we're getting, and no offense to boomers because my mom's a boomer and I love her, but boomers are getting out of the medical practice because they're retiring. We've got more doctors who are coming in because my husband being a veteran, Gen Xers. <laughs> yes. Yes. Gen Xers or even millennials are getting in and being, being physicians now because uh, my husband, who is a veteran, took him years to get them to address his issues. And he went from having a 10% disability rating up to an 80% that fast because a physician who examined him took him seriously and then just shove him aside, did all the proper testing that needed to be done. And although he can't have a, an MRI done because he's got too much metal in his body. He, they did do a CT scan on him and x-rays and stuff like that. They did what they could. And I believe that is partly because the physician who examined him for that one was close to his age. Yeah. 
it's a it's a generational change. It was also a woman who examined him and not a man. <laughs> we should also note that you need to be your own advocate. I mean, you know your body. And if you if something is not right, then you fight until you find an answer. Yes. I know a lady years ago who was having trouble and she went to the doctor. They didn't find nothing. She kept going back. She kept going back. She would not stop until she knew what was wrong with her. And it turns out that she was in the precursory stages at liver cancer and they found it and they treated her and they got it controlled. But she survived liver cancer because she was her own advocate. She didn't stop until somebody (laughs) didn't tell her there's nothing wrong with you because she knew something wasn't right. Yeah. It's like driving your car. If you drive a car, you know your car. You know when something's not right with it. You know when it doesn't feel right, when it doesn't sound right. And you go to a mechanic and you say these things to them and they dismiss you. Yeah, you know? especially if you're a woman. Yes, makes me angry. Makes me incredibly angry. You know your body, so you need to listen to it. It'll talk to you if you just listen. Yeah, mine screams at me, so. <laughs> I was just reading 10 facts you need to know about women in cardiovascular disease. And one of them that I found on um, goredforwomen.org was that women are less likely to receive bystander CPR because rescuers often fear accusations of inappropriate touching, sexual assault, or injury of the victim. Huh. Listen, if I'm laying on the ground and I need CPR, you have permission to touch my tatas. Yeah, me too. You can touch my chest. If I if I'm if yeah, if I need CPR, you can touch my chest. You're you're like in between them. You're mm-hmm. not like well, the thing oh, of it is, is that if you are laid out in the mall and you yeah. need CPR, they're not going to do it through your clothes. When first responders come, they will cut up not, your shirt and not your first bra. Responders, not first responders, bystanders. Everyday oh, people. talking about bystanders? Everyday people will not just go give a woman CPR because of that. You know what I wonder, though? How many everyday people actually know CPR? I don't know. I mean, I learned it in high school. I, I know it. I don't know the current way to do it because they've changed it over the years. But I could do it and probably save somebody's life. It's changed quite a bit since I've actually did yeah. hands-on CPR. I remember how it was all those years ago. I mean, it worked then. It'll work now. Hey there, this is Karen with a little side note. If you're interested in learning how to do CPR, which is cardiopulmonary resuscitation, you can try the course locators on the American Heart Association and Red Cross websites. If you don't find anything convenient, ask at your local fire department or local high school. These people usually know where you can find a class and may very well offer one themselves. And you can always do CPR online. That certification is an excellent and convenient option. I got here what the symptoms are for women in heart attacks. And these are probably, I don't know, you may even have symptoms that are not on here. But it says nausea, vomiting jaw, neck, or upper back pain. Sometimes you might have chest pains, but not not always. Pain or pressure in the lower chest or upper abdomen, shortness of breath, fainting, indigestion, extreme fatigue. For men, it's nausea, vomiting, jaw, neck, or back pain, squeezing chest pressure or pain, and shortness of breath. Yeah, a lot of times you'll have, um, you'll present with shooting pain down the left arm. I remember... When mother was working at the skilled nursing facility she worked at before the one she's working at now, and the director of nurses was complaining about her tooth hurting all morning, and she ended up having a massive heart attack and dying that day. I ended up going with her to uh, the memorial service that they had there at the facility, 
and just hearing everybody talk about it. And it started with a toothache, but just within a couple of hours and she was dead. So it's very important to know what these symptoms are. And if you just think you're having one, go to the ER. Yes. Uh, One of the symptoms that's not on there that I was always taught, you know, I did LPN school and I did RN school. Mm -hmm. And during both of those trainings was an impending feeling of doom. I think I've heard that before. Yes, it's not on here. Mm -hmm. I've heard EMTs talk about that. I follow a couple of them because I'm gross and disgusting and I like to hear the stories I tell. (laughs) But every single one of them will say if their patient looks at them and says, I I don't feel right. I think something really bad is going to happen. Then they freaking like step on it and get going. I mean, listen to yourself. So what are some things that we can do to help prevent heart disease? Eat right and exercise. (laughs) Stop smoking. Yes. yes. Stop drinking or drinking in, in extreme moderation. And stop vaping. Yes. Vaping goes vaping. along with smoking. It's still nicotine. Yes. Don't put anything in your lungs except oxygen, the stuff that actually is supposed to be there. Try to keep your stress under control. And that comes with anything with relationship problems or breakups or anything like that, because there is something called broken heart syndrome. Mm-hmm. That's an actual thing. It's and it will kill you. Yes. It says this is a name used to describe a temporary condition that occurs when stressful or surprising situations cause sudden chest pain and tightness. It's more common in women than men. So try to keep your stress under control. Um, you know, if, if you do have problems with your blood pressure, do what you need to do to get it controlled. And that includes taking medication, exercise, lose weight, and keep an eye on your health. Go to the doctor regularly. Go, go once a year. Get a physical. Even though, you know, we talked about a lot of the numbers on your blood work and everything is set up for men, at least you're going and talking to your doctor. And if you have a good physician, they'll be asking you how you're doing. You got any problems? You know, they'll ask you. They'll talk to you like that. Well, and if if you've gone and you've had previous blood work done and it's normal, and then you go and you have blood work done and it's different (laughs) from what you had the last time you were there, even Mm -hmm. though it's not quote unquote, set up for women. If it's different, it's an anomaly that you can discuss with your doctor. Now, if you can learn about your family history to know if you, if you, you might have some type of genetic predisposition for it. And if you do, I mean, that doesn't mean it's, it's, it's a death sentence. It just means that you do need to make for sure that you're doing things to help keep yourself healthy. Extra careful. Yeah. You have a heart murmur. I do. It's a very slight one. It was diagnosed by my gynecologist when I was living in Florida. (laughs) Dee Dee came home and said that. And I said, where did she have that (laughs) thesoscope? Because she did. She listened to it and she goes, you have a heart murmur? I said, no. (laughs) She goes, no, you have a heart murmur. And I was like, oh, well, nobody's ever told me that before. Yeah. If you have a heart murmur and you have to have anything dental done, they'll put you on antibiotics before they do it. And if they don't, they should. Mm -hmm when I went to see my primary shortly after that, I mentioned it to him and he listened to it and he couldn't hear it. And he says, lay on your left shoulder. Then he listened to it. That was the only way that we could hear it with mother's stethoscope was having you lay on the kitchen floor on your left side. Yes. My, my primary said that, well, your gynecologist must have a very good stethoscope (laughs) because he said, you can't hear it unless you lay on your left side. He said, unless you've got like a multi hundred dollar stethoscope, you're not going to be able to hear your heart murmur unless you lay on your left side, because it's a very faint one. Yeah, I was getting ready to say, if you ever have to go to the doctor and you've been really, really tired, they'll Mm -hmm. be able to hear it. Okay. They can hear mine that way. I wonder if I have one. 
undiagnosed. I don't know. You might. Maybe. I don't know. Both of you have it. Well, the, the primary told me, he said, it's so slight. He said, you're probably never going to have trouble out of it. He said, when you get older, you might. But he said, I wouldn't worry too much about it right now. All righty. That wraps up this episode of Sister Sharpen's Sister. If you enjoyed this episode, please invite your family and friends to listen and leave us a review. And join the conversation by sending us an email to sharp sister trio at gmail.com we appreciate all of you for listening and hopefully you will join us next time talk to you later bye that's all folks